0: All right, everybody, welcome back. We are Hat History. We are Hat History. We are Jake and Lucas. I'm also spilling my beer. Wow, that is just impressive. <laughs> Fucking all over my carpet. We're leaving all of this in. Hey, at least it's on your carpet, not it's on your carpet. It's a cold day in America, everybody. <laughs> you know what? That works perfectly. I smell like right. line because we're switching over to the Cold War. That's, That's right. right. There's beer all over my carpet and all over my soul. Welcome to Hacked History. It's on my hands. (laughs) Jake is not freaking out. It's a good thing he's not doing the research this week because I, spoiler alert, did something. I'm (laughs) (laughs) impressed. Ow, we need a fucking parade. Gold star for me. This week we're talking what I used to call when I did this project originally. I called it Shades of Blue, the dysfunctional Democratic Party of Wisconsin in 1952. We call it Fifty Shades of Blue, Fifty Two Shades of Blue. Shades right. of Blue, just Fifty Two. We're not, we're not gonna give it a number. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're gonna tread a lot of territory we've already. Previously covered, but in new light, because we're beating a series on the Cold War. That's right, we're going to root those commies out wherever we find them. You get a Cold War, you get a Cold War, you get a Cold War, everybody gets a Cold War! And one of you will check under your chairs and also find a possible nuclear war, so woo! See, but one of you will get a loaf of bread, and you're really the luckiest of all, aren't you? Just some Russian <laughs> old lady. I have found bread. You will split
1: it among everyone in your village. <laughs> everyone! Even the dogs. No, give thanks.
0: <laughs> no, they don't believe in God over there. That's fine, though. Give thanks to Uncle Stalin. <laughs> it's Papa. It's Papa Joe. Well, fuck him. Anyway. Yeah, he was
1: a bit of a monster. I'll
0: say it's a controversial will, belief.
1: I will fuck be... I will be uh, no, it really isn't. Um, <laughs> We will be doing Stalin next week.
0: No, not next week.
1: It's actually another retread. Well, actually,
0: it really isn't... It's going to come out later this week, actually. It's the death if of I Stalin. If I do my job correctly, it should be early next week. Yeah, it's, out.
1: Yeah well early next week and then technically when we do record it'll be later the week when we're actually recording this but you won't care so it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter anyway
0: um just like the points they don't matter so anyway uh so like I said again this is Act History if you're here Uh, thank you uh, you can find us on Facebook at Hacked History. You can find us on Instagram at hacked underscore history. You can send us an email at hacked history 101 at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast, please, Lord God, give it a rating. We Five, five that. stars. Not one, not two, not three, maybe four, but definitely five. Tell you what. You just rate it however you want, okay? We appreciate the ratings, but we definitely love five stars because we are ratings whores. Yo, what's somebody shout out to Apple Podcasts tell them to fix that fucking system. <laughs>
1: Five stars only really work for... Fuck yourself, okay? I will take a four star, because I am proud of that.
0: Also, because I don't think we've really done it yet. Special shout-out to all of the people listening in India. I've seen those yeah. numbers, Spike. Thank you. Thank you to all our listeners as well. Uh, the U.S. is still leading us in listening accounts, so thank you, everybody across the
1: country. I would like somebody from India who... No offense, just has a pretty good grasp on English. I'll be able to work at a broken English, too. Just send us an email as to why you guys like us. Because I would love to know. We could
0: translate Hindi or whatever. Actually, they we could, in. but it's not gonna sound right in English because it's gonna be weird. It's like translating German. The words kind of get mixed. We right? do prefer if you contact us in English. We'll do our best if you message hey. us in something else, but no guarantees. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> let's uh let's get let's get started. Uh, let's stop talking about metaphorical emails. Let's stop talking about metaphorical wars. Boom transition. Yeah. Gold star. Metaphorical communists. Uh, we're doing <laughs> as I've spoken about before. Uh, this is actually some research I've done previously for a class I took in college. Uh, shout out, UWSP, History 300. Okay. Who's the teacher? <laughs> Not doing that. All right. All right. <laughs> but we're going to roll on here. So, as I talked about, just to set the stage a little bit, we're kind of starting with this because we figured it was a good way to sort of dip into just how fucking complex anything that happened during the Cold War mm-hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. Because you have, like, a whole lot of shit going on. And you're, it's gonna become more obvious what I'm saying as we go through this. But essentially, there's gonna be a layer of things, and there's gonna be about three layers under. It's like a fucking onion up in this bitch, because... And ogres have layers as well. There's so <laughs> ogres have layers. <laughs> <laughs> but they're making waffles but there <laughs> anyway. are but there are so many different assets and like uh different things that revolve around anything that happens during the cold war and jake yeah. and i just kind of hope to show you that through this uh this we, next the best season i guess can. we'll call it a season well yeah i
1: like calling it a season because we do it thematically but um yeah to put some also in some context for you as lucas goes through this for what we both know of the cold war if you are not a history buff that is absolutely okay this podcast is meant for you but we try also to make
0: this accessible
1: understand that a lot of what happens during especially like in the 50s and late 40s and what happens specifically with McCarthy and all of that stuff is gonna kind of color how we face off against people with differing ideologies from
0: here onwards Because yeah, he has a reverb exactly. as much of a fucking idiot as McCarthy is well and as we go through this actually and it's funny you say that because when I was doing this, uh, originally, so it was happening during the fall of 2016, uh, and, uh, oh, as you know, some interesting things going on politically during that time. Do we have shit happening now. Uh, yeah, so I'm actually gonna make some, uh, connections to nowadays and some things that you might be able to, to look at that, that I think there'll be some connections there. Um, so without further ado, we're gonna get into Jeez. it. So just to set the stage here, we're talking the time frame. We are in Wisconsin, the great state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And we are talking a time frame of between 1951 and 1952, mostly. So we're in the 50s. Uh, and let's uh, let's get going here. So
1: we will. Um, we put some. We're gonna have to put like a, a like a sort of a way back machine sort of like thing. Just uh, yeah. Put on your
0: no that's not it yeah. 90s fuck um, that's uh oh shit anyway immersion more, broken it's more like uh just think uh hey baby you wanna get in my car we're gonna drive around dead man's curb <laughs> okay well I was trying to just really that get in the same that's the 50s shut up <laughs> I was trying to get into um fuck what's that song called God damn, this is great pop. Good girl, I miss my. No, that's that's a good one though too. Yeah. So put on some fifties rock and roll, sip some whiskey. I don't know. You don't you don't have to do any of that. Just I don't know. We're anyway, 50, move on. on the Move it on. Uh, so we're gonna mm-hmm. talk about the Red Scare here just briefly. Um, uh, so the Red Scare basically wasn't about being scared of Indians <laughs> or Native Americans. That wasn't the goal here. Whoa, that came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Even for me, and usually I expect that shit. <laughs> Well, the Red Scare was actually about being scared of communists. Yeah. Um, so basically, this is, or coming, apples. this is coming out of uh, World War II. Basically, this ideology starts to formulate, and essentially what it is, is basically it's just an increased vulnerability worry that, like, mm-hmm. people are scared of just anything somehow being communist spies everywhere. Yeah. People are just, your neighbor could be a communist spy or... You know your teacher or your, your kid can somehow be spying well, for Well, no, and, and that is typical when you think of like if, if it there has a repeat. If
1: we you know in history too, we like to kind of look at sort of similarities. So when they always say history repeats itself, if you are good with World War Two and you know about Japanese internment, it's kind of like that, but maybe with less of the racial aspect, but still with some of it, where they literally would just assume that because you were of a different thinking prospect, that you immediately were an enemy.
0: Well, and the thing here is I think part of it was because of just the vulnerability coming out of the world wars. You yeah. know, we're at the point now where at this point in American history, where people are thinking, what is our national identity? How vulnerable are we to yeah. outside sources? And if you look at the world at this point, like you do start to see the Soviet Union start to like add little micro countries in Eastern well, and Europe. And you saw so a lot of,
1: sorry, not to cut you off, but sir, is to add a little bit too, is when you started to see the old imperialist powers really come fallen under themselves so you had like britain who was you know no offense to you britain but you really need to fucking let go of northern ireland you really really do um you,
0: that's bombs- the problem anyway
1: <laughs> but the issue being was yeah you saw a lot of the old school imperial powers like france and belgium and britain basically starting to fall back and you have america and you have the soviet union now and you've, instead of it just, you know, being like, oh, you know, just do it
0: because you own a lot more than the other party, now you've got two ideologies, kind of. And what I really want to point out that's really going to make a difference here, going into what, like, the Cold War is all about, is really just the idea of fear-based life. Everything is based on fear. So the fear that you will someday be nuclearly annihilated by... Oh, yeah. By the by the Soviets, More the, the, the fear of communist spies, the fear that you're not safe in this country, and this is in my opinion, this is really when you start to see the real emergence of fear-based politics, like really taking a hold in taking in American, up in American history, and like once you start to realize like what this these kind of tactics are, like I think jake who for me i think you can start to see it everywhere like, oh yeah especially nowadays fear-based politics are everywhere all you really need to do is take uh take one look at like the republicans telling you to worry about blm and antifa and oh yeah pretty much no, blm
1: antifa yeah a lot of the leftist radical stuff or people we've are seen. coming
0: to take your jobs and they're gonna oh, murder God, and rape even,
1: you i fucking hate that argument so much because people are like we're gonna take my job he's gonna be a janitor to school you don't want that job, Cletus. You shut the fuck up and go back to marrying your sister. And
0: uh, oh, yeah, God. I'm looking at you, Alabama. And what other, oh shoot, yeah, you want to Coming fucking. Uh, one other thing I want to add about uh, about this era, though, is that <clears throat> the fear of nuclear annihilation was massive. People are building massive bomb shelters. People, one of my favorite '50s things is the idea of duck and cover, uh, Duck and you and the turtle. Chicken basically duck and cover for those of you guys that don't know first of all i would definitely recommend looking up a duck and cover video on youtube they're They're so fucking funny Um, but essentially it's the idea that if you like school children Mm -hmm. were taught to like duck and like cover their heads on their desk and their desk would prevent them from being exposed to nuclear radiation my favorite one,
1: but not to cut you off, but my favorite one is the one where they're like, if you're outside and the bomb decides to explode, and then they threw a picnic blanket... The bomb blanket. you! The, they it's... threw a fucking picnic blanket over themselves thinking that was going to save them. And it's like, you were... I love how hilariously misinformed they were in
0: the 50s about everything. <laughs> just everything. So anyway, mm-hmm. just to, that was just to set the stage. So the Red Scare is one of the most important things to understand about Cold War just in general. Uh, it mostly happens in the 50s and 60s. It kind of starts wearing out towards the end of the 60s. People are like, okay, maybe we're not going to be nuked. <laughs> Especially after um, 62. But Joseph McCarthy is going to really use this to his advantage, and it's going to play a big part in our election story here, so I wanted to make sure we understand that going forward. Um, One of the biggest, best political ads to come out of this era <clears> is <throat> called Daisy. <laughs> Um, yep. and if you out there have not seen Daisy, I definitely recommend Googling it because it is fantastic. Um, essentially what happens is there's this little girl who's got a flower in her hand oh. and she's, she's, I'm sorry, not the not the strike you out, but you want to explain to who that ad was meant to be for, before we, it was, um, wasn't it Lyndon Johnson? Yeah, it was Johnson. See, so it's a Lyndon Johnson political ad and he's telling people to vote for him and not McGovern, right? Yeah. 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 And uh. Okay, don't fuck with the presidency of George McGovern! <laughs> <laughs> so she's counting, she's got like a flower in her head, and, and she's uh. Maybe it's not McGovern, I'm not exactly sure which one, but it's Linda Johnson so Yeah, it's Linda Johnson. He's capitalizing on this idea of that red scare where he's got a little girl holding a flower, and she's dressed in like this white dress. She's supposed to be like a stereotypical like <clears throat> American girl at the time. She's counting down, she's like one, two, and she starts messing up the numbers to like try to be cute, like six. Eleven. <laughs> and then uh she hits the point where she's, she's down to the last one you start to hear yeah, you start to hear the countdown ten. Not that like really 8, low Texas seven CX. Five 4, and, and then Zero it, the countdown gets done and then the bomb just explodes in, oh. but it's in her eye. The bomb is in oh, her fucking oh, eye. Fucking good uh, it's 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 some amazing symbolism, but it's, essentially the idea is that if you don't vote for Lyndon Johnson you will die. Um, you will die. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's that's just that's classic. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend going out there and listening to it because it is a real to treat. <laughs> um, so just some background, Justin McCarthy. For those of you that don't know, we've covered some of this before, <clears throat> uh, on one of our earlier episodes. So that's also one I did. So go back and listen to that if you want to know more about Justin McCarthy. He's a real piece of shit, but he's coming back. We're Not talking about the proudest about him
1: member of the Wisconsin Congress, but he's
0: definitely there. So, uh, Justin McCarthy. So, he unseated Robert LaFont Jr in 1946. just a couple Fighting Bob back. Jr. Yeah, it's uh he's the son of Fighting Bob LaFont, noted progressive uh who made a lot of differences from Wisconsin. Kind of We need another one of those. Uh, we have Fighting but Fighting Bob's son uh he lost to Justin McCarthy in 1946. And Joseph McCarthy ran into a couple of interesting things here in his first election. Uh, first of all, he really tried to capitalize off of his military service, which was pretty lackluster. Um, but he still found, it, found time to call himself Tail Gunner Joe. That's never a
1: good term, actually. And I think he, said, he misunderstood what that and meant. And he said, Congress needs a tail gunner. Because that literally was like saying that, hey, I'm the unluckiest motherfucker on the airplane. That's pretty much what that is supposed to mean.
0: <laughs> but he was like, I'm a tailgunner, guys. Yeah. Um... He, uh, he tried to say that Follette was profiteering off the war, while well, he also made about $47,000 in the stock market. Nice. Um, but, yeah, it didn't really seem to matter. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also, he also tried <laughs> to, 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 to give uh, Robert LaFollette Jr. shit about how, why he didn't enlist. Even though the fact that when Pearl Harbor happened, Robert LaFont Jr. was 46 years old and therefore could not even enlist in the Army because they would not have accepted Also, him.
1: wasn't he like it's an acting member of Congress? There wasn't much he, he was. could have done. Yeah, so... I mean, I don't know. I mean, there are people who did do it, but you would have... I don't know. I mean, do you know how easy it would have
0: been for him to just, like, say, fuck it? Well, he could have just resigned and then his team <clears> would have been specially appointed. It's kind of like what they okay. would have done now, but... Um, Still, not, not, like, necessarily something that would have made... Hey, it would not have been the smartest the decision, especially, especially when, after Pearl <laughs> Like, the government's... But, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> um, But, yeah, Justin McCarthy's from Appleton, Wisconsin. He wins the seat in 1946. He's a fervent believer of communist infiltration of the federal government. Now, I do want to add a caveat there, because I think the word believer is a little maybe not so correct, because I think what he was doing was not necessarily belief. It was more... It's more like he used it for his political gain. He was very good at convincing people that he believed He was believed a grifter. It. He was a grifter. Yeah, he was very much a grifter. He's he... kind of like Trump in a way. Yeah, oh, funny you say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh but, yeah, but that's actually one of the comparisons that I'm going to make when we get to the end of this. I think it'll make a lot more sense. We're going to keep kind of just plowing forward here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's one of the most infamous politicians of the 20th century for good reason. Uh I also feel like not of people know about Joseph McCarthy. Honestly, for as much of a shitty person as he was, I feel like not enough people really know just how shitty he was. So that's part mm-hmm. of the reason we're doing this. Yeah. Um, I did have a clip on McCarthyism in here, but essentially, in this clip, McCarthy, it's basically a, basically a talk show, like a, like sort of like a meet the press sort of it's thing. It's a panel discussion. Yeah. yeah, and they ask him, you know, what does McCarthyism mean? And he basically deflects it and says, well... That, was, that term was came came up by these people and you know I'll let them explain what that means Bas- basically yeah. his whole thing was not pinpointing what he was enough so that you couldn't talk shit about him
1: what I would point out too is even though we will probably get this a little bit later it's a spoiler alert on this one if you ever hear him talk about the suspected communists I think in the army it was they asked him point blank where this, who's on this list where is this list of people and he goes I
0: have the list right here but I won't tell you who it is. He's just such a shitty liar. Well, and he started getting notoriety by, uh, I think it was that, that one speech he gave in, like, Virginia or someplace like that, where he was, it was like that It was like that banquet or whatever. Oh, where yeah. He yeah. had, like, that 300, he had that uh, supposed list names of 300 communists in the U.S. government, but he would never tell anybody who was. Oh, really... I remember
1: that because I asked you questions the prior episode
0: about him, and it was like, what the f-? Fuck? Yeah, he never actually told anybody who was on the list. He just had a list, supposedly. God damn. <laughs> um, so and then the political scene in Wisconsin in 1952, and this is going to sound rather boring, but it's important to understand to kind of frame what we're talking about here. So the Republican Party is formed in Wisconsin in I believe it's the early 1800s in mm-hmm. Ripon. Um, so yep. the idea there is that, <clears throat> but it's important to understand that the Republican Party at this point is going to have gone through a couple different stages. Now... For a long time in Wisconsin, it's just the Republicans and the Progressives, and the yeah. Democrats are not looked at as a real threat to any happen. state office.
1: Primarily because, if you wish to point it out, the Democrats, okay, and we do have to talk about because at some point, so time, the
0: Democrats were very much for slavery for a very yeah, long time. Yeah, but
1: again, we're talking about there's a political shift that happens there. Yeah, and that a little bit later. Right?
0: No, it it happens with uh, Roosevelt. I believe. Yeah, it happens with Roosevelt. So it's it's actually before this. Um, it happens like in the thirties.
1: What happens? Yeah, because it happens. In the because the roosevelt becomes the like progressive democrat but he's not like the dixie Crat. which is the dixie Crat yeah. is just that southern like good old boy like we try to ignore slavery with up, upping that whole moonlight magnolias what bullshit you, and and what, you, what
0: you start to have is the republicans start to become a conservative basin where people who have some more of those conservative views and want things yeah. to say similar start going there excuse me And you have Democrats start to kind of become the more progressive party. Now, at this point in time, that that has not necessarily solidified yet. This Mm -hmm. is at the very beginnings of that. So the Democrats at this point are trying to establish themselves as a progressive voice in Wisconsin. And shut up, I'm doing the hand (laughs) movements. It helps me explain. So the Democrats at this point are trying to become a more progressive voice in Wisconsin, but they're trying to kind of battle off their old image and they have to beat out yeah. what's called the Progressive Party in Wisconsin, which is actually fighting Bob the Yeah, it's fighting Bob. Yeah. And uh and his uh and his sons actually like founded that so that that's a mm-hmm. staple in Wisconsin history. So at this point, you know, in nineteen forty six you have the Progressive Senate losing to the Republican and then after that you have the Democrats saying, Okay, sort of now that this progressive party has disbanded because it does disband in 1946 yeah how can we rise up from the ashes and, and gain more control how do we
1: yeah they do some damage control and they realize okay we gotta re-image a little bit
0: yeah so they, they try to become the new opposition to the Republican party so that's important to understand before we start this although going can be very confusing so mm-hmm. that was necessary so now the who's who of this situation. Hey-o. So, this is going to be a lot of names, but it's important. I'm going to throw them out here. We'll go through them. I'll make sure that I let people know the names again as we go through. Um, but just this is sort of a screen list of people we're going to deal with gonna here. going to guarantee to you, it is not as many characters as Watergate. Holy shit. No. Um, this is much more followable. <laughs> Thank um, God. But I, Fuck you too, buddy. But before we get into this, I just want to... The things I want to point out here, and I think this is really going to be kind of the thesis of the cool part of this. To start out here there's numerous reasons why joseph mccarthy is re-elected right mm-hmm. but we and we kind of already got into one of them that's the red scare yeah we're about to get it we kind of already talked to, to number two of them number, what's going to become number two is the fact that if you look at the political situation the democrats have a hell of a cha- have a hell of a job to do to gain enough notoriety to beat that established party because they're trying to come out from the ashes so that's, that's two reasons already. We're about to cover number three, which is basically just how much of a shit show the Democratic Party was in, in Wisconsin in 1946. We're talking like
1: McGovern Democratic Party
0: 1972. That's kind of shit show. It's worse than that, my it's, friend. It's oh, all wow. Gonna see, you're gonna see so much infighting in this one. It's oh, basically I just a pissing it. contest. Oh, it's like the Republican Party in 2016. Yep. Fucking yep. shit. Because their whole thing, and you're gonna find out. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but you're gonna find out their whole strategy is that they need to unify one candidate early that they can gain them enough support to beat mccarthy right yep and it's kind of gonna be one of those things where everyone's just like absolutely yes yes i'm gonna announce my candidacy oh really me too me too (laughs) oh yeah because everybody jumped on the fucking bandwagon you've got like a oh i you've got almost like a savior complex right so it almost becomes like, I can be the savior of Wisconsin. I'm going to win the seat. That's not a good oh, really? image. I can be the savior. Oh, oh, really? I can be
1: the savior. This is literally like, I, I'm not even going to joke when I think of you saying that. I think of like the, there was a social experiment they did where they put a bunch of people who they thought were Jesus in one room and it's literally how that
0: worked. Well, honest to God, it's, um, there are a lot of similarities here. And after, after this race now, this year, I can say this. There are a lot of similarities here versus what the Democrats were trying to do to beat Trump. <clears throat> because it's a whole lot of people knowing, going and trying to unite. Because what we're going to find out as we go through here is these factions right, that they're trying to unite are yeah. not going to be easy. Because they're trying to beat the people who are Republicans, but also against McCarthy. Get them in there. They're trying to get people who are legitimate Democrats. They're trying to get people who have been progressives. They're trying to unite this massively broad political base. Yeah which is exactly what the Democrats this year were trying to do against Trump. And, and
1: there's an added issue, especially in the 2020 election, the fact that you had a, at least within the 2020 election, which added an extra layer of fucking difficulty, of you having to deal with, like, a farther left progressive group, like where you'd have AOC or Omar or Bernie Sanders and that group of the people. Thing, the thing I think But, I mean, that adds a level of how difficult it would make it then. Imagine how difficult... You know,
0: and you the the thing I think the thing about too is they're not explicitly saying communists can't vote for this party. Yeah. The Democrats never fended off communists because one they didn't subscribe to the bullshit fear that was out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but number two, like the the idea there is to I think what we should come back to as a question at the end mm-hmm. is to think about why this didn't work versus why what the Democrats did in 2020 did work because a lot of their challenges were very very similar actually, shockingly similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Okay, but let's meet the characters. So we got James Doyle. Fun fact for you, Jake. James Doyle is the dad of Jim Doyle, former governor of Wisconsin. hey Uh, In this story, he... <laughs> Fun is, fact. For most of this story, he's going to be the chairman of the Democratic Organizing Committee, or DOC, for the state okay. of Wisconsin. Thomas Fairchild is going to be the guy who ends up actually running against McCarthy. But oh, that poor bastard. The how he gets to actually running is a hell of a one. Jesus. Jerome A. Fox is the former chair of the DOC, who is going to lead for a little bit and then resign... Because he's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Robert LaFollette is the... De- Junior. Robert Follette Jr. we've already talked about. He's the defeated candidate. Uh, he only shows up a couple more times because at this point he's pretty much out.
1: Because uh, we don't focus on the losers. Robert
0: Landry is going to be the chairperson for Henry Reese's campaign. And Henry Reese is going to be the, one of the people who trying to vie with Fairchild for the okay. nomination. Joseph McCarthy, we talked about him.
1: Is Reese's campaign more left-leaning or sort of in the centrist camp?
0: He, there's really not a whole lot about that because there was too much quizzling to really okay. So a they whole wouldn't have, have mattered discussion. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, Henry Reese is going to be the guy who said he's going to try to get that nomination. He's going to be the most uh, pushing one. Okay. Milt Schneider is another member of the Democratic Party who was going to go behind some backs and really try to do some backstabbing. Jesus, uh, it, you know? it was
1: me or the drinks, but I thought you were going to say milkshake because I saw Milt Schneider. Schneider and I'm like, fucking what? Uh, Mil- Milch milt schneider milt schneider okay um but That's a uh, real wisconsin and,
0: name and one that i didn't put on here um but i think it's worth mentioning is walter j kohler he is the republican uh, governor of wisconsin during this time and he is against mccarthy so he's a republican who does not like joseph a- mccarthy
1: heir to the kohler fortune of sinks
0: and other things yes sir okay False. uh <laughs> we're gonna go with it fuck it okay uh like, yeah all right <laughs> um so this first part, I call it the struggle to unite behind one candidate, because from April 18, 1951, to about February 6, 1952, the whole thing was, we need one candidate, we don't want to have a contested primary, because if we have a contested primary, we might split support, so it's going to be a lot harder to be Joseph McCarthy that way, right? Okay. So the whole thing was, we, we want a long time to try to unite these people, because... Holy fuck, there's a lot of different types of people. Yeah, trying there's to a unit, lot of vote for this factors. person yeah. because they, it's all about beating McCarthy, right? So this is a whole strategy here. They're all trying to beat McCarthy, but they all go with some cockney strategies to try to fucking make it happen. <sighs> so basically,
1: yeah, that lies on the fact that we're talking about that savior complex. You have a hundred different people with, who think their ideas are basically going to fucking be the one. When you yeah. realize that too many of
0: that means nobody gets fucking anywhere... So the whole the first fucking part about this this is the swing in the fucking dark. They, <laughs> they uh, they're like, hey, you know like what? Fighting a blind man in the street. Who used to be the progressive senator from the state for a long time? Hey, Robert LaFollette Jr. Hey, man, we know you've been a long term sen- term senator for a long fucking time. We know you're probably a little sore about losing to McCarthy in '46. You want to run again? Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, and he, fuck yourself. She actually says no uh, because of compelling personal reasons. And I have to believe they were pretty fucking compelling because I believe it was in 1953 or 54 he
1: dies. He does, yeah, he does yeah, die in 54. Yeah, so
0: he doesn't live too much longer after that, so I have to imagine that's probably what. Okay.
1: One. no I know the viewer or the listener can't see this, but there's a picture on your presentation here. What the fuck is he holding? I'm not sure. Why does it look like an old-timey dildo? If you're a wooden dildo, like... This is a thing we filled. That's right, we feel. He's a progressive. <laughs> that's right, I'm progressive. I feel it with bees.
0: Guess, what? That's the fall to the left no, of I know, yeah, yeah. I know what he looks like. Okay, uh, moving on. So, early June of 1951, we have a secret meeting of DOC leaders. <laughs> so, we're doing great, right? Um, <laughs> wait, what's it? I'm trying to think of the Family Guy's
1: kid. Meanwhile, the Legion of Doom. Meanwhile... <laughs> Yeah And this is another <laughs> then, I do want to
0: point out This is a new Jerome May Fox's leadership So it's the first uh, Chairman of the DOC We're going to talk about So uh, It's an important meeting For the DOC leaders It's going to happen In Madison, Wisconsin It's an early attempt At solidifying a candidate So their whole thing is Okay Let's hold a committee thing Let's kind of Like solidify this And then we'll bring it To the other people Right They're yeah. just going to Accept that It'll be great Well only some people Are invited And the people Are not happy People are not Fucking happy When they find out This happened there are numerous letters they sent to the DOC community basically saying, What the hell are you guys doing? Why weren't we invited to this? What the Why fuck? Why is this happening Why? in secret? I yeah, it, I know. That was not a. Okay, the the fact is, if you're choosing. This is fuck up
1: number one. If you're choosing. I know. But if you're choosing a Democratic. a leader to the. I assume it's a progressive Democratic Party. Do not do that shit behind closed doors. You tend to piss people off. Yeah. That makes me
0: mad that they even attempted that. Numero uno. No. (laughs) No! I refuse. Uh, So in October 1951, after that fuck up, they're like, hey, maybe we should make this a little bit more transparent. Maybe. Maybe just a bit. Uh, Maybe we shouldn't just so, do so, that. So Jerome, uh, he initiates a basically this is like a ballot by like mail or telegram sort of thing. Okay. Where he sends out ballots to all the people who are in the D- the Democratic Organizing Committee. I'm just gonna call it DOCs. Okay, just do with the DOC. Uh, but he mails a ballot. People could choose to identify themselves or not when they mail it back. So they can say this is my ballot or this isn't my ballot. Okay. Um, so just the results of the the results here. Um, just just for uh further purposes because they will come back. Turns out the first person that actually in both of them is Gaylord Nelson, whoever hey. does become a senator from Wisconsin later and in his he life. Is a, Guy a who building invented Earth is Day. named after him in one of our campus buildings. Also invented Earth Day. Nice. Um so Gaylord Nelson's pretty cool. Um the, the second so basically the way that they did this was there's was a first choice and a second choice ever we put two names on. Mm-hmm. Most votes for most, blah, blah, blah. Nice. most votes for first choice. Uh, most votes for first choice, we got Gaylord Nelson. And we got Thomas Fairchild coming in second. Like I said, Thomas Fairchild will be the eventual winner here uh, of this fuckery. And Henry Reese is coming in third. So this is the f- and then second choice. We got Gail Nelson, Henry Reese again, and then James Doyle. Why is he coming in
1: as the winner when Nelson was the choice for both of them?
0: We'll get that, my friend. Oh, we'll get shit. that. shit. So that's October 1951. Shortly after that, November 1951, Chandler made five signs. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck this. I don't this. want to. I can't unite this fucking party.
1: Someone else do it. That's actually... Oh, nice. He's there with uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, I think. In that picture. Yep. Um. So, I feel bad for having to sit in that meeting. Right. My husband was in a wheelchair, and he personally led the country through the greatest calamity the nation has seen. And I've got to sit here and listen to you bickering like a
0: bunch of old crony You bitches. James! <laughs> you James, you bunch of fucking idiots! So James Doyle's going to be the one who takes the head. Um, He takes the head, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's going to be the one who takes the head. He's the, the one lead. who gives some head. Um, was listed third, like I said, amongst the second choice candidates for senators, so he's kind of respected pretty well. And the party people do like him. Um... He finishes one spot below Henry Reese, and he insists on party uniformity. So again, we need one candidate. We need to unite behind something because otherwise we will not succeed. That's the whole. Yeah. That's the whole message he's trying to spew out. Here.
1: You know, smaller scale, it's kind of like. I mean, again, I make a connection, and whether this is really appropriate, uh, a com- Jesus comparison, I I can't say at the moment. But it's like thinking.
0: The first thing that comes to mind for me is, like, Lincoln's comment of a house divided against itself cannot stand. Well, and it's – it's it, honestly, what he's saying is 100% correct. And yeah. And you're going to find out as the – as this party keeps to like, – so yeah, As this party keeps tripping on itself. Yeah. Like, it becomes ever more clear. Yeah. How just how stupid their mistakes are now.
1: Granted, of course, my connection is basically stating now, granted, Lincoln was talking about a literal secession of southern states. This is sort of the same concept of like a divided still party still won't get anything
0: done, yeah. And the principle's still there, yeah. Um, okay, so. Late November, 1951. Oh, I love that
1: picture. It little... looks like
0: fucking Chevy Chase trying <laughs> to pretend does. to be a senator. Uh, <laughs> the coat's too big
1: for him. What the fuck? Henry <laughs> what Reeves, is this picture? Henry
0: for you right there. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't give you so you can put it on the website. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you give me the picture. <laughs> uh, late November, 1951, Henry Reese is going to announce his candidacy. So this is interesting and important because, number one, the whole thing was we're not going to announce anybody until we know we have one uniform candidate, right? Okay. Henry says fuck that. I'm going to announce my candidacy I'm running. He does so without <laughs> Let the me go against the grain He does so without the support of the DOC. Yeah. Why? Uh, <laughs> obviously is Henry, gonna what the, the fuck, f- my <laughs> man?
1: i to lead to My right? like, dude, please. <laughs> me um, Leroy Jenkins
0: this way into uh, trying to be candidate.
1: Leroy
0: Jenkins. <laughs> <No>! Stop it. <laughs> Uh, November 30th, 1951, uh, Doyle writes to Reese, I'm gonna really, I'm actually gonna read some of this excerpt, because right. it's just phenomenal, the yeah, passive-aggressive bullshit is amazing. So before I get to the, uh, before I get to this, I just wanna say that, obviously, I just, think about what he's saying under the current of what he's saying, this is 1950s bullshit, so he was almost kinda like, it's really backhanded, <laughs> but you'll get it, I mean, we get it, okay, so... James Dore the Reese on candidacy. This will acknowledge your letter of December nineteenth. Your use of the expression be that as be that as it may. lends an air of inconclusiveness to your letter? But I take that letter to mean that you had decided not to resume efforts on any basis to reach general agreement on a democratic candidate for the Senate next year. I regret this decision. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> if, if it is, if it is, as I have stated, I also regret the basis on which you say you reached it. <laughs> no one imagined mistakes have been made. <laughs> no one imagined your supporter would tell you that, <laughs> that that they do not think you would make the best Democratic candidate in the in the Senate. The question as, the question is, as I see it, whether the opinion should be tested by the primary next September or in some way, in some other way now. Whether this question is answered one way or the other will have a profound effect upon the whole effort to defeat McCarthy. (laughs) I should think the views of your supporters on the question would be more enlightening than their views on your merits as a candidate. Ooh, fucking (laughs) hell. I note your comments about your campaign plans, and I will be prepared to discuss them with you whenever the opportunity arises. (laughs) like to whom it may concern the fuck are you <laughs> doing why the fuck are you doing this? so at this point you've got Jim Doyle openly talking shit about Henry <laughs> but Ray. in the nicest way possible but he's just so fucking subtle like he says shit like I hope you've had a good day What Doyle... the fuck are you doing <laughs> poor strategy he urges for reconsideration yeah, of course uh Doyle wants party agreement before anyone announces obviously um, oh
1: my god it's like a fucking train wreck that just keeps happening this Jesus Christ
0: yeah it gets worse oh my god <laughs> Uh, December 19, 1951, Rees responds to Doyle. Rees wrote a careful response. He cited his supporters who told him to stay, any re- any, to, to say, say no, no to any re- negotiating of his candidacy. He respectfully declines Doyle's request. Nice. All right. Okay, so we're getting more heated. <laughs> respectfully. December 28, 1951, Doyle fires back. Well, of course he does. Doyle is not about to give up. He wrote back to the Reese campaign. My hope for success has been diminished by the circumstances in which your candidate was, candidacy was announced and has been pressed. Press, <laughs> has been pressed. What does that mean? <laughs> has been pressed. What? Like, uh, exaggerated or like... Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. like basically saying, stop fucking pressing your campaign, you idiot. You're gonna ruin of the stop election. You asshole. Uh, late 1951, Democratic senators' statement of support for Gaylord Nelson. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> to make matters worse for Doyle, multiple state senators composed a letter stating their support for uh-huh. Gaylord Nelson. Nelson had been the winner of the initial DOC poll conducted by Jerome Fox. This further complicated the situation. As you do. Then, oh my on God. February 3rd, 1952, Walter Kohler says no. Walter Kohler Jr. was the governor oh of Wisconsin in 1952. As I mentioned before, he was a Republican uh, but a known McCarthy skeptic. Well, some of the Democrats tried to convince him to run against McCarthy for, for U.S. Senator, Kohler eventually turned them down and ran again for governor. Ugh. Overall winning again, by the way. Yeah, of course. Uh, February 4th, 1952. A strong candidate later on. Well, this is... This this one's fucking... This is great. While traveling Lay it in, on me. While traveling in New York City, James Doyle was was interviewed. During his interview, Doyle may have had a Freudian slip. He was quoted as saying the Democrats would, quote, have a strong candidate later on. Oh, God. No.
1: <laughs> God damn it. What the fuck, James?
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus a- Christ. A direct shot at Henry Reese. And further evidence of the party disunity. Oh, I'm three beers deep, but I'm still pissed. Oh my god. Start drinking faster. Fuck me. Alright, so now we're at the point where contem- a contested primary is gonna happen, right? It's mm-hmm. just obvious. So this is February 6, 1952, until September 9, 1952. Uh, and again, I just want to bring attention to the quote My hope for success has been diminished by the circumstances in which your candidacy was announced and has been pressed. Again, that was James Doyle of Henry Reese. So again, Shit's going down here, right? Shit is mm-hmm. indeed going down. Uh, February 6th, 1952, warring factions. Thank you. Doyle wrote of the struggles of the election so far, a young and experienced majority in the party, and also what he called a heterogeneous party competition. <clears throat> so, and he wrote, and these are some of the factions he wrote about in the party they're trying to bring together. So we got the new oh, dealers, okay. so the people who are really progressive and support some of the things that Roosevelt was doing, right? Yeah. We have the fair dealers, which are Trumaners, right? People yeah. like Truman... Uh, the hone socialists, the Lafayette <laughs> nice. progressives, and right. the Tidings Democrats. Oh,
1: I remember this though. I remember a lot of the it's just a series of a series. The series of uh different factions and different interpretations of the progressive movement really fucking like hobbled the whole movement from the beginning.
0: And that's what's going on here and it, it basically you don't even need to understand what all of those mean to understand that basically what's happening. Is They're kind of shooting themselves in the foot, right? Yeah. That's the whole thing here. They're shooting themselves in the foot because they don't have a united view about Pretty what much. progressivism yeah. is. Well, it's, it's basically... I, I always think of the same concept as like... Sorry, I'm eating a cookie at the same time. <laughs>
1: um, If you haven't noticed yet, we're doing this at around 7 and I haven't eaten dinner. Um, But one of the things that I always think about it is like basically saying like... A ship with eight captains cannot captain. <laughs> the same concept, right? You can't have that many fucking people trying to gain in charge it irritates the hell out of me that they tried and we're gonna
0: keep moving right (laughs) thanks for shitting on my dream april 28th 1952 uh i I named this slide milt's mutiny because (laughs) we're about to see some shit (laughs) so a rather obscure party member makes a big push this guy thinks i've got the solution i know how to fix this right it's really stupid. So, Milt <laughs> Schneider writes to Thomas Fairchild, who, remember, is in the poll as the number two main choice okay. behind Gaylord Nelson, right? Yep.
1: Girl, Milt and Thomas Fish Fairchild, Schneider.
0: at this point, is a state Supreme Court justice, and uh, Milt's like, hey, you know what would we'll really fix this, Tom? If you also hopped in this race, Free you could real fix estate the problem. You can really fix this problem, Tom. You should hop in the race. Free real estate. Milt wanted to fix the party's problems, and he didn't mind stepping over the DOC the to try. Uh, Milt would write a letter to Doyle telling him directly that he did not trust him. <laughs> what? what and I'm about to read that extra. Oh, wow, do it. Do it now. Milt to James Doyle. I am enclosing a copy of a letter with it written to Tom Fairchild, and would like to call your specific attention to remarks I made regarding the leadership of the DOC. I believe I believe best to... Oh god, that I didn't I didn't uh, translate that part right. But I believe best of us have been. I believe Jesus best of us have Christ. been blinded to the point where instead of shaping the party program, we have been letting circumstances dictate it to us. I hope you see that I'm moving, I'm driving it. I hope you see what I'm driving it, and agree that it is more important to lead. And he underlined the word lead <laughs> than, to, than, to, than to placate all Good factions. Lord, I oh further, pre- further predict that further attempts to remain neutral are of little or no value, either for you or for me, and regardless of what we do or fail to do, it will be impossible to please everyone, so we might just as well act according to our best judgment. What the fuck? What? <laughs> That's like the shortstop on your little league team, bitch. Underline
1: <laughs> the term lead. Nice. First off that, and yeah. then...
0: Further further attempts to remain neutral are of little or no value, either for you or for me. So, here's the cojones on this man. So, he's not even a well-known party member, and he basically goes and asks Thomas Fairchild to run on behalf of the party, and then he sends that letter... With basically a CC to James Doyle with all of this hey, shit. Hey, asshole, here we go. I don't trust your leadership. Here's a good candidate, you bitch. No, basically, it would be like saying, like, yeah, I mean, that's
1: sort of the way I think it was, like, you send an email to your boss, like, your upper, upper boss, because you work in a more corporate setting. Yeah. Basically saying, hey, general manager fucking sucks, and then CC'd that
0: to the general manager. And basically saying, like, What the fuck are you doing? You're not doing? Really good. Here's someone who can do your job better. God damn it. <laughs> it's just so cockeyed. Actually, it's, it's more like, it's more like talking to the general manager, telling the general manager here. Like, here's a letter I sent to someone on how shitty you are. I, now, here's someone who I think could do, could do your boss's job better. I may or may not have done that at one point in time, and I made serious
1: mistakes in doing that. Yeah, it probably didn't work out well for you, did it? No, it did, but at the same time, I knew how to play the system. This, These people are fucking idiots. Yeah, so... <laughs>
0: How dare you assume um, I don't know how it works. On June 28, 1952, we have the state DOC convention, which, as you can imagine, is another shit show. Okay. Henry Reese is still the only announced Democratic candidate at this point. As you do. Uh, Doyle started to say positive things about him at this point because he's like, fuck it, I guess, maybe. You
1: realize that at this point fighting it is no longer an option.
0: Doyle gave a the state a message of unity in his speech. He emphasized finding a home for the liberals. So again, he's trying to unite behind one candidate. Finding
1: a home for the libtards. <laughs>
0: Uh, and he said that liberal votes would outnumber conservative McCarthy votes. So his thing is, if we all join up, we can fucking slay this man. Nobody likes him. Let's get We him can
1: out. slay this
0: man. Nope. June, July 16, 1952, uh, the National DFC convention. <laughs> Doyle spoke on the divide between Republicans and Democratic principles, so Democrats, foreign allies, and cooperative solutions. So Democrats were about still working with people yeah. and still finding cooperative solutions to issues, whereas the Republicans at this point are really starting to turn towards that whole idea of Red Scare. Anybody can be communist. We cannot work with yeah. anybody else. We need to just bunker down insular problem-solving. America can solve all this problem. Stay the fuck out of it. Yeah,
1: because look at how well we solve our fucking problems.
0: It's gonna be... This is a crucial divide in Cold War politics. This is gonna come up again and again. Throughout this whole series, this divide between Democrats and Republicans, what Jake and I are talking about, this is gonna come up again and again and again.
1: I mean, shit, we saw this in 2016 when, you know, Trump was like, we don't need to be part of the, you know... The WHO or the fucking Paris Climate Accords or any of that. It's kind
0: of the same concept. Well, if you look at it, like, this hasn't changed. No, no, foreign allies and cooperative solutions are are still what the Democratic Party is based on. NATO, the United Nations. Yeah, pretty much. The WHO. Even though the UN doesn't really do anything, but yeah. But the Democrats are for all those things, for the discussion, because they realize they can help. Whereas the Republicans, at least recently, have all been about...
1: America first.
0: yeah, Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah, no, that's so a that's a crucial divide in concept. politics that you start to see start like right, right now. now. Yeah. Also, July 16th, just a note. That's two days before my birthday. Hey, you fucking self-absorbed asshole. Move I'm on. Fucking right. <laughs> um. So now I'm just gonna explain. Fuck you. I'm gonna explain what the what the primary like the primary system is for Wisconsin because it's different in every state. And obviously, if you're a foreign listener, a lot of this is probably very unfamiliar to you. Oh, buddy, um, it's unfamiliar to most Americans. Yeah, it is. Most Americans don't fucking know what the hell they're talking about either. Uh, Fox News, I'm looking at you. Uh, so we got, in Wisconsin, we have what's called the open primary. We still have that now. Where you don't need to have a party identification to be able to vote in the primary. Okay. You just simply go to the primary and you can either choose Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter. You can choose one right there. Yeah. Uh, and you choose... I love
1: that you look at me
0: to make sure I'm still following, too, by the way. <laughs> You're just staring that's, me that's, down? That's the teacher in me. That's the teacher <laughs> Do in me. you get guy. me now? <laughs> it's the teacher in me. It's never to go away. Yeah, i uh, So you choose between the two, and you vote... You, you don't vote across... Poli- uh, you you can't actually vote across political belief. Um. So basically, the idea is you could vote for Senator... For Democrat. Like Democrat, and you could vote for another thing, Republican. Or you, you could be
1: say. like Gov- governor, 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 Dem- or governor Democrat, senator
0: Republican, House of Representatives. So, so Rep- the, the yeah. things you can't do is senator, senator. You can't no, no. vote unilaterally, you know, but you can pick and choose which yeah. position. Yeah. So that's kind of the idea of the open primary. Now this is gonna make it a lot more complicated than it might be in some cases because it, with all of this like possibilities and things like that and strategies, mm-hmm. it makes it harder to sort of kind of get a better idea of what that's going to look like when you're trying to plan out who your fucking candidate is, right? So... August 1952, Thomas Fairchild announces. As you do. So, a fucking month before the primary... Here we go. Fuck it, I'm in.
1: Yeah, Uh, of course.
0: Way to go jumping on the later part of that train. See, he's going to become a true adversary to Reese, and Reese at this point is probably like, fuck it, I almost had it. God damn it, Milt. Reese is just... I think Reese is at this point just so fucking tired of
1: everything, though. Uh,
0: Yeah, so it's going to be a complex problem for Doyle because at this point, you know, he finally first started to be like, okay, I'm okay with Reese, right? Okay. But now he's just like, Okay, fucking hell. The, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, Doyle did not fully support Reese but wanted the party behind one candidate, so he's like, fuck, this is difficult. Uh, the possibility of that happening before the primary was now all but none, because at one point Reese, you know, could have been the only candidate, but Fairchild's like, yeah, okay. Anyway. Uh, and Fairchild was is the son of state... Er, st- st- of state supreme... <laughs> he, he's a state supreme court justice... <laughs> Should I just start a drinking game where you fuck up the words? No. Uh, he, is the, he is the son of a state Supreme Court Justice and former state Attorney General. and He's also a state Supreme Court Justice in the South at this point. Uh, 1952. So now we also have to think about who the Republican progressive challenger oh, was God. because he's still there too. So there's a progressive ch- Republican challenger, and you can tell how big time he is by the radio mics he's got there. Ew. <laughs> Len Schmidt for U.S. Senator. We got <laughs> Lenny. Hey. Um, but it's another issue for Doyle because of the state's open primary, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about who you're going to vote for to support and how you're going to gain those supports, it's difficult because now Doyle not only has to deal with Reese, but now Fairchild and Len Schmidt. Yeah. So you've just got a whole bunch of fuckery going on, right? Yeah. Um, He's fighting a war on basically three fronts here. Yeah, and it's the possibility of split votes, right? So yeah. We're talking about split voting at this point, and this is exactly what they're trying to avoid because they know that they need all of the support to be together if they're going to want to win this. So, basically, as an explanation to the listener, the split vote basically is, again, referring to that
1: you-can-vote-across-party-lines sort of idea. There's not a wholly, like, one... Because, basically, what we were talking about is the whole of the democratic Progressive Party was saying, we need to follow under one guy. I'm just doing this to make sure that they're all still on track. Because it's, it's a lot for them to have to handle. It's a lot, yeah. yeah. And, basically, what it's saying is, you're now dealing with the fact that certain members could just vote across party lines for whoever. So it's it's not making it simpler. It's making it more and more
0: complicated as we go. And if you're sitting there wondering whether a Republican could intentionally try to sabotage... Yes. they said they can.
1: Yes, absolutely they can. Yes. This is the 50s. Come on.
0: Um, so, as you can probably figure... We're going to be heading towards a significant loss. Whee! Because we know... <laughs> riding this fucking roller coaster to the dead end part of the track. And this is uh, where we... Again, we kind of talked about the idea of finding a home for the liberals. Obviously, it did not work here, but we're going to look and see what might have happened as a result of this. Mm-hmm. So this is from September 9th, 1952 to November 5th, 1952. So... Democratic resurgence brewing in Wisconsin. So Democrats have been gaining a lot of ground, like, since 1946... Democrats have slowly been, like, building more voters and more yeah, base yeah, up. Yeah. Um, They've been making progress. Yeah, they go up every single election, yeah. essentially. Um, they rise, rise in party ver- identification, so more people are calling themselves Democrat. And they yep. do have, this is important, a young and qualified candidate. Oh, thank God. So getting people that are more qualified and they're younger and they're running. Well, they're more and,
1: identifiable, too, to your co- sort of college crowd in certain cases. Because yep. that's now becoming a thing that a lot of candidates will look for is that college-educated sort
0: of middle class or upper middle class. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the state primaries, McCarthy prevails over Len Schmidt. No fucking, <laughs> no fucking wonder. Wow. Uh, that's a landslide. Um, it's like me trying he wins. to... It would be like me battling against like the Make-A-Wish Foundation's like, <laughs> yeah. softball league. Fucking hell. McCarthy prevails by 315,000 votes, which is a lot. Wow. <laughs> and a primary... <laughs> wow. Uh, Fairchild edges out Reese, so Fairchild does win, even though he only entered the race a month before the fucking primary happened. God damn it! <laughs> At least that means he's somewhat more applicable. Yeah, but liberal votes appear to have been split. Uh, so of course, you do yeah. see the split. Uh, Democrats and anti-McCarthy forces finally end up with one candidate, and now it's Thomas Fairchild. But the thing to think about, when you have an early November election, November 5th, and it's... Fucking September before you have uh, one candidate you know is going to be the candidate. You now have a month to try to fucking figure out how to beat... Yeah, I know. This is everything that Doyle was trying to battle against. Yeah, basically. And, And for a lot of people who are
1: like, I don't get why it's such a problem, is that you... It's basically saying, like, if you start a... A boxing match.
0: American politics have always
1: been a marathon slash boxing Pretty match. much, right? Like, it's like a boxing match slash marathon run where as you go, it's a boxing match, and you're fighting a guy. All of a sudden, from the crowd, fucking, like, Ewan McGregor just shows the fuck up and says, Yeah, I'm gonna fight him too. And it's like, no,
0: Ewan, you need... And they're fighting each other at the same time. It becomes this fucking chaos. So the way that I would almost put this is this is almost like... Basically, let's say... Teasingly a boxing analogy. Let's say you're fighting Mike Tyson.
1: I'm not, but okay. But you can't agree... Maybe to... lower my grade a little bit okay, from the guy I'm who shoes off ears. I'm
0: saying metaphorically. <laughs> I'm it, saying literally. You're going to fight Mike Tyson in his prime. Okay, <laughs> you have a month to get ready now. Good luck. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I like saying
1: now go. That's essentially what this is. It would be like making me, who's like, three, like 300 pounds even... Very unathletic, unfortunately.
0: You got a bump to fight Mike
1: Tyson. Right, motherfucker,
0: guess what? You're going to be running the decathlon. Yeah. Fuck you, too, all right? Uh, Yep. Yeah. So, September 1952, primary conclusions. So, at this point, Democrats, media, reverse vilification on McCarthy. I uh, acknowledge established Republican traditions. So, Republicans are going to vote Republican most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Might be get Some of them, but... Liberal vote not united during primary, obviously.
1: Of course, at this point in time. Mix of
0: strategies, strategies and candidates did not help. No shit. <laughs> uh, McCarthy could not be beat by convergence of non-uniform plans. So, again, that whole thing of a whole bunch of people like Len <sighs> thinking they could do things. and that it, it makes me angry.
1: It makes me angry that they were like, we well, could just take a bunch of varying options and say, well, let's just see where this goes. <laughs>
0: And then, to win the general election, both the anti-McCarthy forces and the true Democrats had to unite behind Fairchild. That's the conclusion after the primary. So well, go in, okay. They've got a month. What do you think is going to happen? So to?
1: basically, here's what I want to ask you as a question, so you can sort of elaborate for the viewers. Anti-McCarthy faction, obviously, are they that different, or are these guys wildly polarly opposite? At these least guys the are
0: fucking wildly different. Okay. You, you have people that consider themselves Republicans, you know, but they're progressives. Progressive Republicans. So they're more or less like the sort of
1: yeah, it's a weird term. But.
0: And then you've got people who are democratic and liberal, but then you also have people that are wildly liberal. Oh shit! And you have probably got some communists in there too. Ugh. So at least some socialists. If, if you look at the political spectrum, you're covering probably like two thirds of the political spectrum. That's the base. That we're in China. one
1: party with varying ideologies. That's that... the
0: base they're trying to unite right there. God damn it! Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, ha! Uh. <laughs> Fuck. Some good fucking luck. Nice uh, job. October 30th, 1952, quote, a sober hope. Uh, a sober. <laughs> it's unlike me who is <laughs> currently five beers deep. <laughs> That's a sober hope. In This letter James Doyle wrote to members of the Democratic Party in which he expresses, quote, a sober hope about the general election and how the Democrats would fare. Basically he's saying, I don't think it's gonna work, but fuck it, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you cannot just yeet this, okay? He tried. He's he been shouldn't trying. have tried. He's been trying for months at a time. God United damn it. To people, But they just kept announcing candidacies and shit. They should... I'm I sorry. Do feel, I do feel... I feel really bad for James Doyle. I do, because Doyle's like, can we just have a law that says no? Can you just... Is there a cutoff point where you just say no? Can you not do that? November 5th, 1952, general election results. Here we go. Um, Ew. McCarthy won, but only by around 141,000 votes. God damn Which it. is actually kind of a miracle if you think about it. Yeah. Um... Pretty sure this current 2020 election was maybe more than that. McCarthy actually finished third on his state party ticket behind Kohler Jr., the governor, and Eisenhower, who was elected president during this election. Democrats defeated, but not as soundly as they could have been, which I guess is kind of a win, uh, and continue yeah, to make gains for the future. considering
1: the party at the time.
0: So this, this was an election where you do see the Democrats somehow continue to make gains Despite all of the infighting, so as fucked up as that had been, because you can look at it and say this is total catastrophe because they could have won, which they could have, had they somehow just been able to unite all that shit. But it's still a gain for them, so they still pretty much, yeah, they still did okay. Uh, November 1952, conclusions on the election. Um, Doyle's self-election diagnosis: one, Democrats need to unite on a candidate earlier.
1: No shit. Maybe you don't have eight other dudes <laughs> showing up to try to be participate in
0: this particular gangbang. McCarthy, McCarthy opposition cannot unite a whole party. Oh, so my God. The interesting thing here, and we'll talk about this once we're done with this particular story, is to think about whether that actually united the Democrats or not, right? Because yeah. it's interesting for Trump,
1: right? Oh, yeah. I was going to make that consideration because we, at least as Democrats, I mean... I mean I am a democratic voter, but of course, I can understand the the more conservative side of it is the idea that the Democratic Party has, as of recently has been playing off the anti-Trump role almost exclusively. The question is, how much does that get you other than the original and the initial like primary or the presidential vote. After that, you have to back up that policy with something
0: right. But I mean, the the real question too is also what happens with the with the Republican Party. Yeah. when Trump's not in power, who's gonna step up? Exactly. So
1: uh, yeah. Is it gonna be somebody who's a little bit more moderate? Are we talking the same person? I mean, it, it, there's a lot of questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you mean do you have someone like Josh Hawley? Who got no, in?
1: God, no. But probably, who knows? He'll try.
0: He'll try. He definitely will try. Uh, you
1: know what? I, oh, you, know, I know I don't want to sidetrack us, but who do we think would be? Mm. I don't think Josh I've heard, I've heard this. I think Josh has really sunk his own career with the whole capital thing.
0: Puts me really sad. It makes you real sad? People have footed Tucker Carlson. Oh God. And I can see it. Oh, you know what I would I love can to fucking see I it.
1: wanna see Tucker though get fucking eviscerated on national television trying to do policy that he doesn't understand. <laughs> It's like, if I can own the libs one more time, and then watch just the Democratic candidate go, I have all of these plans, and this guy's a fucking idiot. But
0: Tucker has so much small dick misplaced confidence that...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. He's got your, like, I drive a Prius, but I don't think the Mexican should have the same rights as me sort of idea. He is that man. He is an asshole. He is that man. I honestly think, at some point in time,
0: he may or may not have known Jeffrey Epstein.
1: He may or may not
0: have known that. So, to get back to this, though, (laughs) the third reason that... uh, uh, the Democrats did not do so great as so they wanted in the election. Uh, two types of McCarthy voters, right? Okay. There's people who oppose McCarthy's methods, and there's people who oppose him.
1: Okay, so you have two varying differentiations of the and I hate the man McCarthy versus voters. I hate his methods. Okay.
0: Yeah, and I believe that that still hangs true because I believe there's people who support wholly a lot of the policies that Trump was going for, but didn't, didn't vote like for him because he thought he was too brash. Oh.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean the I think that I think that live. Biden
0: got a lot of those people they are yeah. like I support a lot of this shit cuz I'm a Republican, but I'm not well, going to
1: vote for him because he You he's- were also looking I think that was sort of the similar argument of a lot of the sort of suburban white voter of this year. Yep. Was that they may not have opposed his quote-unquote methods of conservatism? But they oppose the man as this, like, uncontrollable asshole who just ran roughshod putting his greasy fingers all over the Oval
0: Office. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, I think, too. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a very Ah, accurate description. Good job, Jake. Thank you. Gold star. All
1: right. You don't need to patronize me, white man. Uh,
0: references, (laughs) I'm not going to throw them up at all.
1: Okay, you could have just uh, completely ignored that
0: slide, but no, you decided to said it. it.
1: You brought attention to (laughs) it. I
0: said it. Um, when I originally presented this... I brought up the question of was it a parallel to the Trump election, but at this point we can now talk about the Trump reelection. Yeah, we can, um, we can talk, talk about the current about the fucking
1: national crisis we're facing tomorrow. Uh,
0: yeah, tomorrow's inauguration day. This hey, is yo, definitely a very timely. Fingers episode. crossed. I'm gonna be a very timely episode. For God us. damn it. Um, but I uh, overall, I think that honestly, I'm just trying to think about what the what the Democrats would have done this time. To some, Number one, they had more time, right? They, they had did, way they more time. They didn't just have a month.
1: Well, of course, I think for us in the comparison between the 1952 election and the, 19, the 2020 election, was the fact that we had a candidate. Uh, the problem was that a lot of people I talked to disliked Joe Biden as the, like, he's white, he's old, I don't like his policies. But in a way, Biden was sort of, at least when hindsight, as 2020, at least for me, he is the candidate who may have been the best to lead the our party or our party the party at this particular moment because he is not well, scary I, I, I think you and I are Democrats. Well I mean I'm not gonna make any illusions. I am not a far left Democrat. I am more of a moderate Democrat. That is just me.
0: I would I am a moderate Democrat as yeah.
1: well. I'll say. I, I understand just full disclosure. I am a Democrat in the concept that I believe in climate change, equal rights, in you know the LGB, L, da, 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 da. the LGBTQ plus yes um T R Z uh is there a number in there? I don't know. Um. Right. So I wasn't to be facetious. No, I literally no, don't know. The
0: point is we believe in social rights. If you want to identify, that's how you yeah, identify. But I'm not talking about free college for everybody because I know that's not a reality. See, I'd screw with that. That's one of the far more or less policies I do have because okay. I do think that that's feasible. Okay. And I think that it should be more accessible well, for people. In a way, it was way back in the day because college used to
1: – well, I mean, not to draw all the way off topic, but because college used to be – subsidiary by the
0: state, but then it kind of wasn't anymore. See, and the reason that I say that, Jake, is because, um, number one, even if you look at college funding, it's ridiculous how much of that has been cut. Oh, yeah. And you wonder wonder, why these colleges have financial problems because they used to have a lot especially in Wisconsin. Oh, there, yeah. there's there's a straight downward spike of fu- how funding the, was here in like yeah. two thousand.
1: It begins in the Walker administration's fuckery of Actually I don't it goes, like it goes, goes before
0: that. It goes like Tommy Thompson. Was it Thompson? Oh shit. Yeah, it, it, it was it, it was going on since like the mid nineties, bro. Yeah. It like, wasn't that funding good. Just straight went down. And it's kind of a Bro. bro that that bro, funding bro went totally down and that's and not chill one, one last Wisconsin comment chill. before we kinda get back to the main part of the end of this episode. Tommy Thompson is now the president of the UW system right now. No. That's a real thing. He's the interim president because they no. fucked up when they tried to when they tried to get one last time. The, no. the committee did, was not transparent, so they had to end the search. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But there are some pretty hilarious TikToks of Tommy Thompson smashing COVID by putting like a an axe into like a pumpkin on TikTok. What? Yeah, those are real things. I'll show you them. What? Yeah, those are real things. What the fuck? Yeah, I'll show how you. How does those two? How do those two things even work together? I'll, I'll show you that after the episode. That makes me angry. For any us, anybody else, else who, who wants Go to, to see TikTok it, and go to TikTok it. and look up the UW system on TikTok. There are fucking swear to God, Tommy Thompson swinging an axe at public pumpkins and saying so he's smashing COVID.
1: This is literally like the the candidacy of the guy who went Nya! like that. That's pretty much that.
0: Let the world go forward. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just thinking of uh, Able and Top out there. Oh, there you go. Shut up, Ben Kissel. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, so anyway, so anyway, to end this
1: podcast... I'm not even going to put my opinion on that particular episode. To, to end this podcast... That podcast. Okay. Um,
0: basically, uh, there's a lot of things you can learn from the Cold War. This is just the very beginning. We're just... Just yeah, touching the surface. We're just
1: getting started.
0: Um, there's a lot of interesting political ideas out there, and that's kind of why we wanted to start with a pretty political-heavy episode. Yep. We do hope you understood, though. That was the whole goal here. Because We weren't. Uh, we're not. We're trying to make sure we were super accessible about it because we know this stuff can be very complicated but uh, i mean I th- american politics in general is generally stupid but i think we presented this episode pretty well but if you don't think so you know uh, but if you don't think we did you can go ahead you would go ahead and shoot us an email yet. at just gmail.com yeah. you can let us know at facebook at hats history you can let us know on instagram at hats underscore history uh we appreciate you viewers thank you so much i'm sorry jake was eating during the episode i want to hit him just kidding i'm gonna hit him
1: You have one half-empty beer bottle and I have three. I have so many weapons to use right now. Yeah, but I've been
0: drinking bourbon. Anyway. Wow, that makes you a fucking dick. All right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, Jake and I definitely appreciate we appreciate every listener. It helps us be motivated to do more shit. So thank you. And because otherwise, I wouldn't have much else to go on. i'll Tell you what, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. See you later in the week for some Stalinator. Stalinator. I can't guarantee it's
1: gonna be great, but it'll definitely (laughs) be there. All right, well, fucking, just gonna leave that dead air there.